Praise God. I'm so thankful today that he is still seeking for us, even in the midst of all of this, in the midst of um, everything we are facing. And even though today we are sort of um, dealing with this in our own way, um, and uh, a lot of us, for good or for bad, maybe have adjusted ourselves to the new normal that is uh, our current situation. Um, I'm so thankful today that Jesus Christ is still seeking for you and I. And uh, even though when we didn't know him, or maybe even when we had, um, maybe we didn't know him to the level we 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 could know him. Let's put it that way. He still is seeking. And in fact, I say this today, um, not just out of rhetoric, um, even though we are filled church and now it's filled with rhetoric and I don't want to just be another, uh, voice spitting out sayings that have no basis. But I believe today that Jesus is seeking this earth, looking for people that are that are hungry, that are hurting, that are broken. And that may be you today. And um, would you let Jesus Christ touch your heart today? Would you let him touch you today? Would you let, you know what, you're at home today. You're not in a situation where you're surrounded by a bunch of people that um, um, may be judging you or looking at you because you're not dressed a certain way or look a certain way or act a certain way, you're at home, you're hanging out by yourself or maybe with your family. Could you just for the next few minutes, let your guard down? Not for me. I don't know. I can't even see you. In fact, I got so many stinking buttons here. I'm trying to push and, uh, I'm like a, uh, a one man circus here trying to do that. And so I, I, I don't know if you're watching. I don't even know if you're paying attention. You might be, uh, watching, Got me on mute on one screen and watching Netflix on the other or whatever else you've chosen to pass the time on. Uh, so I don't mean that to be negative. Uh, today is not about words that come from me. Today is not about songs that are sung or not sung. Today really is about are you willing to connect with Jesus right where you are? Are you willing to let your guard down? Are you willing to kind of to say, okay, here I am. Just like I am, God, I, I, I mean, maybe, come on, let's, let's just call it what it is, okay? Maybe you're hanging out today in your PJs. I mean, come on. I know everybody out there has not put on your Sunday best. Come on. You know it. You know it. I know it. We all know it. So just stop pretending. And God bless all of you. And I don't mean this to be negative. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say I mean this. God bless all of you that decided to get all fancified today to be at home. I just, I've lost my fancification. That's not a good, that's, a, that's my new, new coronavirus word that goes along with social distancing and quarantine. Uh, uh, fistification. That's my new word. That's the word of the day. Fistification. I, I've lost my fistification. I am here, uh, today and, um, I'm, I'm, I put a shirt on that has buttons. That is, as far into this as I'm going, come on, we're being, we're hanging out at home, right? We're at our home. But you know the beauty about this, and I don't mean this to be, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, so don't, don't think I'm shooting darts, but God doesn't care today if you're in a suit and tie. God doesn't care today that you're in the, your best outfit, ladies, that you spent 72 hours on your hair, and that you went and you got the perfect outfit, and all your children match, and you guys are all color coordinator, and you can make the best Easter picture that you can. God doesn't care about all that. We care about it. Man does. We spent 
tons of money. My goodness, we've had, uh, you saw earlier, for those of you that were on in the beginning, we were on here with my three children. I can't tell you the Sundays we've stressed for Easter Sunday between hair and getting everybody right and don't rake up your clothes and let's get to church and don't eat that. And please, God, don't get your breakfast on your your outfit and all the stress that comes. And, and yeah, there's part of it that's, you know, tradition. And it's 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 there's I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. We should stop dressing up and we should all just go casual for Jesus. I'm not saying that. But my point is, is that none of that matters to God. If you think today because we're not in our Sunday finest and we're not in some building and we're not Resurrection Sunday at the local church where God is at work. Come on, man. We're in our living rooms. We're hanging out together. I mean, my goodness, I'm about to just kick back and hang out with you. Why not? Let's just stop. Let's stop going to God like he's some 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 untouchable deity. Let's stop. I don't even know why I'm saying this today. This is not even a part of what I wanted to say, but I wanted just to throw it out there. Let's stop going to God like he's some untouchable deity that to go to him, we have to be in our finest attire with our great robes of righteousness on. I'm just coming to God just like I am. Here I am, Jesus. I'm in my coronavirus attire. Haven't been out of the house in 74 days. I'm going crazy. I'm, but I'm here it's Sunday, and I just want to tell you that I'm here, and I need you. Just, just let's just get down and get just, let's just get down and get raw with God today. Hey, how's that sound? Instead of having a fancified Easter Sunday or a fancification Easter Sunday where we all look so good and we all look so perfect, but really we're a mess inside, or we got it all together, but we're so hollow, let's just get real, okay? Let's just get real real because Jesus is seeking for you and I today. My wife and I had a chance yesterday. Um, again, I said this earlier, we're working with some limitations on technology. And so uh, the good and the bad of that, um, I am here in my home hanging out. Uh, this is no, I'm not in an office anywhere. This is, I'm at my home. This is a, a in fact, we use this as a game table, as a school table. This is where I'm at. This is, this is not even a fan. I didn't even anoint this table. This is not even a holy anointed table. It's just a table. We use this for games. In fact, you can't see it on camera. But earlier, uh, while the video was playing, I was looking down with my ADD. I mean, there are, I think it must have been my son. There's a B, the letter B carved in the table right over here. It's just, we're home. So let's just relax. But yesterday, my wife and I, we had a chance to, I felt that uh, this song God put on my heart for today, for someone today, and uh, we've already had some laughs, um, and uh, we were so honored today to have uh, Mother Wright uh, lead us in worship, uh, but my wife and I had a, a chance yesterday to record a song that I feel like God placed in my heart for today, and uh, I believe it's for somebody, so uh, if you would... Again, it, we're at our house, um, and it is casual. The quality's not the greatest, but you know what? The words are powerful, and I believe nothing has to be perfect if Jesus is in it. So uh, I pray in Jesus' name that you are touched by this. This is a story of a runaway, no way home. 
I threw the best of me away. I had my chance. It's too late now. Too far gone and too ashamed to think that you'd still know my name. But love refused to let my story in that way. You didn't wait for me to find my way to you. I couldn't cross that distance, even if I wanted to. You came running after me, when anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst. Love moves first. The kind of grace, relentless grace. Chase this rebel down, crawl into this prisoner's cage, take my hand and pull me out. You knew I couldn't make the change, so you became the change in me. And now I live to tell the story the God who rescued. You didn't wait for me to find my way to you. I couldn't cross that distance, even if I wanted to. You came running after me when anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst. Love moves from the dawn to the manger, from the manger to the grave. Your cause is the proof that love made the first. From a grave man to keep you to a stone rolled away. Your cross is the proof that love made the first move. I remember where you found me, but I'm amazed at where I stand. Your cross is the proof that love made the first move. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't wait for me to find my way to you. I couldn't cross that distance, even if I wanted to. You came running after me when anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst. I'm so thankful today, and I pray in Jesus' name that you are as well, that love moved first. Um, it looked a little bit like Beauty and the Beast soundtrack there for a second. Uh, I, I, I won't ask you to, to, uh, to vote for who's the beauty and who's the beast. I think it's real obvious, uh, but um, this, is, this is wonderful to be able to come to you today and um, just share with you, hang out with you. I feel like this is a, maybe we should take, maybe instead of Easter Sunday, maybe this is just Easter hangout day. I know that's what I kind of feel like today. We're hanging out, we're sharing, 
we've we've shared, we've laughed, we sung together, uh, we're hanging out. So I mean, I just said it a few seconds ago. I'll say it again. Come on, let's just relax. Everybody, relax. Let's just hang out. I feel. Let's get the let's get the uh, religious shackles off of us and just kind of chill today. Relax, Jesus. I mean, come on. Let's just. He knows where we are. He knows what's going on. He knows what's up. He's not up there figuring out. Wait, what's going on down there? You guys. Uh, oh, they. Uh, they're. They're. They're dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, hey, everybody, gather around. Check it out down there. The. the they sure is. Uh, they're going through some stuff, boy. Um. I don't think they're going to be able to do Easter Sunday like they normally did. I don't know sure what they're going to do. Come on. I mean, seriously, he knows. So we're very thankful today. I'm thankful today um, to be able to come to you, connect with you. And if you're new to us today, we are just uh, a group of people that just love God. Uh, we um, We don't like religion, but we love relationship. We don't like the confines of tradition and church, but we love the idea of coming together and worshiping and celebrating and connecting and gathering, even though it may not be in a building today, we are gathering and it is wonderful. So love all of you. I pray that all of you are safe and healthy and that God's grace is working in your life every day as we walk this road. Praise God. I want to uh, draw your attention. I do feel very strongly today uh, that God has spoken something in my heart for somebody today. And uh, I want, if you will, just for the next few minutes, we've had some time and uh, maybe you've had to go up and get something to drink or um, maybe you've had a chance to do something else to refresh your mind here. But I want if you just for the next 20 minutes or so, you could just connect with me for a moment. I feel like God wants to talk to somebody today if you'd listen. Remember a few minutes ago we talked about taking down the walls So let's just take down our walls for a minute. It's just us. I can't see you. You can see me. All I see is a camera staring back at me. So cameras don't smile. Cameras don't say amen. Cameras just keep cameraing on. So I don't know. You could be, uh, you you could have turned off by now. I have no idea. Uh, But I believe that who's ever watching right now, God wants to speak to you. Uh, Let's go to the Bible if we could. The book of Matthew, and uh, we're going to read the account Matthew gives of the um, cross, and and I'm going to read it, and even though you're like, well, I've heard this before, there's a piece in this that I want to pull out that uh, I want to call it the overlooked miracle of Calvary. That's what I want to talk to you about today, the overlooked miracle of Calvary. Uh, Matthew says this, verse 45, now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I guarantee you there are some people that have said that in the middle of all of this chaos. I guarantee you. Somebody has at one point in time looked up to heaven and said, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken us? Verse 47 says, some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Verse 50, and then Jesus cried out with a loud voice. I love that, that this wasn't a whisper. This wasn't just a soft. But the Bible says he cried out with a yelled voice. 
or with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Um, Matthew doesn't tell us what he says, but the other accounts of the crucifixion tell us that when he cried out for the loud voice, he yelled out, it is finished. And he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes, hang with me here, about the overlooked miracle of Calvary. Um, Work with me just for a second. Let's use our imagination here if we can. I know it may be a little challenging, but just, just take a moment. We are so inundated right now with news, right? I mean, come on. There's news on Facebook. There's news on this. There's news here. There's news there. There's news, 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 news. My 24-hour news, 24-hour news, 24-hour news. We're inundated with news. I mean, my goodness. You, you, I mean, uh, our president can't even uh, cough without there being coverage on what's happening in the White House. I mean, we, we, you know, everything that's happening, governors and all the stuff happening, it's just we're, we are absolutely just absorbed in news. In fact, we are so addicted to news when there isn't any news, they make up news. Come on, we all know it's, I mean, they have to sell magazines, they have to sell newspapers, they have to sell advertising on their, on, on television. So when there is no news, you gotta create news. So we are just absolutely just enthralled in news. We're just, it's surrounding us. We're just absorbed in it. But let's just take that idea for a minute and let's walk back 2000 years ago. That we are a part of the Jerusalem Times, the, the best newspaper in Jerusalem. See, I told you we were going to have some fun today. It's relaxed. Come on, let's just... Um, Jerusalem Times, and they're covering the events of the weekend. I wonder what the, um, what the headline would have read on that Monday morning when papers were delivered and, and, um, and uh, men and women went to their... Uh, front porches to pick up the latest copy of Jerusalem Times and they flipped open to the, to above the fold on the front page. What would have it said? What, what would, would the headline have read? Who is this Jesus? Uh, maybe it would have said, uh, uh, body of rebel leader missing. Or maybe it would have said Roman soldiers court martialed. Or maybe it would say something like the great hoax. What would it have said that day? What would have, what would have been the coverage of all of that? Or maybe it would have said, uh, Barabbas free. I don't know what the coverage would have been, but I'm sure there would have been some headline speaking of the, 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 the magnitude of those events. And I'm sure if you were a good editor of the Jerusalem Times, you would have sent your reporters out to cover the story. You would have said, Hey, go find out if we can find out where the cross came from. Go interview Pilate and find out what was going through in his mind. And why don't you find a few bystanders? And and um, what about that guy who carried the cross for Jesus? Find out who that was. Get his story. Let's get a human interest story. We would have had all kinds of different reporters going here and different reporters going there and and um, all of this stuff happening. And they would. Have, I mean, come on. They would have been. A, they would have been 
digging deep into the story. Was it real? Is this Mary Magdalene woman all there? Is she a little kooky? Or what was going on in Jerusalem? And what were the stories? And, and, um, and, and, oh, by the way, well, well, there's a, there's a, there was a, a story that was circulating around town about this fella named Peter. They used to hang out with that guy Jesus, but he was all spewing out that he'd go find out. This would this would have been the news of the day, right? But there was one overlooked part of the story that, for all my years, I've never really heard anybody talk about. There's one part of this event that we just read in in Matthew that we kind of mentioned, but we don't really get and see the magnitude of it. And I want to look at that today because I think that has some of the most amazing power of Calvary. And that is this, you wake up Monday morning, there's a knock at the door. You open up the door, dad, dad is, dad, is that you? What? Dad, everybody come quickly. Dad's here. Dad's here. Dad, dad, dad shows up at the door. The fact of the matter is. Dad was dead, but now he's standing at the door, talking to you, comes in and you, can we pinch you? Yeah, pinch me. Can we hug you? You're real, dad. You're, you're real. And then, or there's another knock at the door. Open the door. The brother, your sister, what are you doing? How, what? I, I was at your funeral last week. I, I remember. I, I, I cried myself to sleep for years after you were gone and you're here today? How? Or maybe you get up one day and, and on Monday morning and you look across the street and you go, who? What? Uh, uh, honey, come in here for a second. Look out the window. Do you, who is, is that the late, that lady right there playing with her kids? There's no way. That looks a lot like Cheryl, the neighbor. Remember Cheryl? Remember several years ago she died from cancer? But I I could swear that's her out there playing with her kids. Hey, Cheryl? Cheryl! Is that you? Honey, look. It is Cheryl. That's really her. Can you imagine what was happening in Jerusalem and neighborhoods and homes? All of a sudden people are showing back up that were dead. They, they were dead. And now you're the reporter. You're sent out. You're the one that has to uncover the story. Are these spottings real? What's going on? So if you're a good reporter, you're gonna, you're gonna have to uncover the five W's, the what, the who, the when, the where, the why. So let's just take a few moments if we can this morning and let's be good reporters. Let's look at this and let's look at the, the what, the who, the when, the where, the why of the most overlooked miracle of Calvary. First of all, let's look at what Matthew tells us what. He tells us the what. We're, we're now at, at, at midday darkness. It, it is, it's, it's supposed, supposed to be sunny outside. It's noon, right? It's supposed to be bright and sunny, but yet it's pitch black. And there are these miracles that take place 
on the cross. There's these things that begin to happen. But on this occasion, we're going to focus on the fourth miracle in the sequence of it. Because the Bible says that at this time, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. We just read it, but we'll read it again. He said, cried out with a loud voice and giving up the spirit saying, it is finished. He yells out with a loud voice and immediately the Bible says that he gave up the ghost. But at that moment, there's something that begins to happen. We know that the power of it was the fact that the, the, the veil of the temple was rent, right? The, the, the veil that kept the, the, the holiest of holies was torn in two. We got that. We talked about that. We preached about it. We got that part. But there's something that begins to happen. The Bible says there was an earthquake. And when the earthquake happened, the Bible says this, that rocks were split and tombs broke open. I want you to get that picture that there's an earthquake that's happening and tombs were being open. Now, we can conclude just for a moment here that the earthquake that was taking place had to be sort of located around Calvary. And we say that because we don't have any historical um documentation or any biblical record of there being any damage to the buildings in Jerusalem. We didn't hear that the that the temple was cracked or broken. Uh, we didn't hear that Pilate's temple came or Pilate's uh, his palace came falling down. We don't we don't have any record of that the walls of Jerusalem were still intact. So when this earthquake took place, it took place around the vicinity of Calvary, the, the, the Golgotha, the hill that we now know as Calgary, Calvary. The Bible calls it Golgotha, the place of the skull, that this earthquake shook that. But we know that more than likely that the place where Jesus was crucified was more, was also a place where others had been put to death. The Romans were into efficiency. They weren't necessarily into spectacles as much as efficiency. And there's a lot of pictures, a lot of speculation about how Calvary was on this powerful, beautiful mountain overlooking everybody. We all could stand. But come on, it wasn't even feasible. Nobody wanted to drag all that up a hill. That was They were into doing the least amount of work for the maximum amount of uh, effectiveness. And so uh, that's why they had Jesus carry his cross. That's why they did a lot of the things that they did. And so when when they crucified Jesus, they didn't crucify him to create a, a, a painting to be displayed in some cathedral. They did it for the maximum uh, efficiency. The Romans were masters of efficiency. And so when they crucified Jesus, they crucified him um, on a place more than likely that was surrounded by other graves. Now, here's the most in, in memory, uh, uh, most um, um, important fact in this first part is that the earthquake must have been local. It had to be in the vicinity of Calvary. That's that's the first point I want you to get with this. The Bible says the 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 earth shook. The rock split, but we know it didn't, the earth didn't shake, meaning all of earth. But we, we, I believe if you read the, the account given that the earth shook at the vicinity of Calvary. But let's look at Calvary. What, what's the significant of Calvary? Calvary again, when, when, um, we think of Calvary, we don't, we think of sometimes the paintings of, that are on the walls of museums or maybe in the walls of cathedrals, this beautiful, 
you know, grass, meadow, hilltop with beautiful sunset behind it. It was an ugly, nasty, brutal scene. I would imagine that it was a desolate place. It was a rocky place. It was a, it was a jagged place. It was a barren place. Uh, and more than likely, based off this account by Matthew, it was a place that was surrounded by death. Death. That this had been a place where uh, people had been taken who had died and there was a place where this was a place where people had been executed. There was no way the Romans had just used this place for the very first time. So, well, we don't, we, we gotta go find a really good place. They were about efficiency. So this was a place of death. It was a nasty, gnarly place. It wasn't a beautiful grass knoll that could be lit up by the sun and beauty. It was dark. It was ugly. It was nasty. It was barren. It was rough. And the earth shook. But we get this picture, right? The Bible says that the stones, the earth shook and the rock split. And the stones broke and the tombs broke open. Now, a lot of us, and I know we know this, but just understand for a second context, in a cultural context, um, we are used to burying our dead underground, right? Six feet under uh, or maybe in, in, in an above ground tomb. But we're not used to burying people like they buried them. They buried them in um, tombs that were usually cut on the side of the mountain and they were cut on the side of the mountain because usually you weren't wealthy enough to have your own tomb. Usually tombs were family tombs or they were tombs that had connections. And so there were multiple people buried in these tombs. It wasn't just a tomb where, you know, this wasn't like, well, this is where Bob is buried. This is where Sally's buried. This is where Bob, Sally, and everybody else in their family was buried. So that's what the tomb was like. It was a place cut in the rock. It had shells. They'd lay the body out after being prepared. And, and uh, it was sealed with a tomb, with a, with a stone, right? Just like Jesus' tomb was sealed with a stone. But with a, with a stone. But the Bible says that when the, when the earth shook, that the stones were split. What, what rocks were split? We, we don't have any record of the earth splitting in two and people falling into it. That happened in Acts later when, when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost and the earth opened up and swallowed them. But we don't have any account of anybody doing that here. But yet we find that the rocks are split and immediately Matthew says the rocks are split and the tombs are open. So if the rocks are split and the tombs are open, what rocks was he talking about? He was talking about the rocks that were covering the tombs. But I want you to get this here, okay? They're kind of two separate events. We have the earth shaking and the rock splitting. And this is the, the, the first of it. This is the first one. This was the, the, the beginning, the opening act. When Christ died, the moment he said, it is finished, boom! All of a sudden, earth, rock split, Graves open. Boom. But that's the first part, the opening act. And we gotta realize this, okay? First thing I want you to realize and remember was that the, 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 the earthquake was, was local. The second thing I want you to know is that the, the opening of the tombs and the resurrection were separate. That the tombs opened when Christ died, but that wasn't the whole story. So that's the two point. The next thing I wanted you to look about is said this. The Bible says that the tombs were open. 
But then it goes on to say that the saints of God got up and were resurrected. But here's the thing that I take from it. Now, I'm just reading it like I see it. Maybe you see it differently, but I'm reading it like I see it. It said that the rocks were split, the tombs were open, and the saints were resurrected. That means this. All tombs were open, but not everyone was set free. Woo! Come on, somebody. I know I'm here. I'm hanging out in my house, but I need somebody to say, hey, all tombs were open, but not everybody got up out of the grave. Come on, if you ain't heard anything else I said today, would you just hear that? That the Bible says the stones were broken, the tombs were open, but it tells us even though the tomb was open, not everybody was set free. There wasn't a mass exodus out of the tombs that day. But all tombs around Calvary were broken open, but not everybody was set free. Boy, I wish I was somewhere right now where I could hear somebody just say yes. Just type a virtual yes. I can't read it, but I'm just somebody. Yes. Draw it out with a few extra S's. Yes. All tombs were open, but not everybody was set free. It kind of reminds me of the story that Jesus gives us in actually Matthew 22. The fact that he gives us the, 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 the story that says this. Many are called, but few are chosen. That at the moment that Jesus, I got, I'm about to come out my chair here for a second. I got to calm myself. I need a belt to keep me set there. When my, my, when, when my daughter was in preschool, they used to, used to try to connect them to the chair so they wouldn't get up there at snack time. I have to connect myself to my chair because I, I'm going to have to get my, my, I'm going to have to come out the chair. I'm so excited. But get this, right? All were called. Jesus said, hey, it is finished. Boom. Stones split in two. Graves were open. But not everybody got out of the grave. Not everybody. Everybody had the chance. Everybody was called. But only a few were chosen. Why? Because here's what happened, right? Woo! I'm having fun. I'm not having I know. This is the best Easter Sunday ever. I'm having so much fun. I hope you're you probably turned me off by now and probably gone and get some iced tea out of the fridge. But I am having some fun. So look at that, ready? We, we know that the earthquake was local. And we know that the earth shook. And the stones were open, were, the tombs were open. And we know that somebody got up. But we do know, according to Matthew's account, that these things did not happen simultaneously. Mm. I'm going to have my own organ. Mm. Because there were two separate things. Why? Because number one, the opening of the grades had a significance beyond simply being necessary to release the resurrected from their tombs. I had to write that down today because it came to me. God spoke that in me. I had to write it down to make sure I didn't mess it up. The opening of the graves had a significance beyond simply being necessary to release the resurrected from their tombs. The opening of the graves was not simply a physical necessity or a consequence of an earthquake, but it was a marvelous act of preparation. Because here, guess what? Woo! Get it now. Ready? Here we go. It's Friday. It's midday. 
Earth shakes. Boom, 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 boom. Stone split. Boom. Graves open. Boom. But guess what the next day was? Sabbath. Guess what you couldn't do on a Sabbath? Couldn't work. Couldn't, couldn't venture out. It was kind of like sort of a good quarantine. You had to stay home. You had to, it was about being home and being connected. You didn't work that day. You stayed home. You were in your home. So they couldn't even go out. So for two, three days, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, these tombs stayed open. Why? Because it was an exhibition to say, hey, there was something that happened on this cross on Friday afternoon, the man that died on this cross, I know I'm not supposed to be preaching because we don't have a, we're not in church, but just give me a minute just to preach. There was a man that died on that cross that day. And just to let you know that even though he's in a sealed tomb, <laughs> these signs that are around you that of these open tombs are significant of the fact that he's not staying in that tomb. Woo-hoo! I am having some fun. So the fact of the matter is this, is that when they saw the empty to the open tombs and they saw Jesus' seal's tomb. It wasn't because the fact that Jesus was locked up, but it was the fact that Jesus was saying to them, hey, I've opened up those graves because in just three days, I'm going to open up my grave. Come on now, I got a little amen corner over there. Hey, I got my amen corner over there, over on the couch. Yes, that's what's happening. This is what's taking place. And all of a sudden now, we've got this. But the Bible says when Jesus got up out of the tomb. Now we know, just for a second here, we know that these were not just spiritual resurrections. These were actual resurrections. They weren't just spiritual. Because you know what? If you were only resurrected spiritually, why do you need the stone rolled away? Don't forget when Jesus resurrected, he just showed up. In the middle of the room. He didn't have to go through the door. He just showed up. So we know this wasn't some kind of miraculous spiritual manifestation. This was actually a physical re- re- resurrection. And we know that it wasn't just about that. Because when they rolled away the tomb for Jesus. Jesus did not come out the tomb. Because the stone was rolled away. Jesus was already out of the tomb. The stone was just rolled away. So they could look inside and say. Hey he ain't in there. He must be living. Woo. So understand this today, that when Jesus got up, guess what? The power of the resurrection reached inside those tombs. And what was dead and no good and and gone and forgotten and was in decay and was broken down. When Jesus got up, his resurrection power reached into those tombs. And the Bible says that the saints got up. And walked into Jerusalem and started telling people about what happened in Jerusalem. Let's read it again. I think some of y'all think I'm making this up. Read it. And the graves are open and many bodies of the saints had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his, after his resurrection, they went into holy city and appeared to many. Now get this. Ready? Here's the power of this. What's the big deal? The why, right? We've established the what, the when, the where. The who, but now the why. Why was this? And why is this the forgotten miracle of Calvary? We talk about the cross. We talk about the blood. We talk about all this other stuff, which is powerful. But notice this. Why is this so important? It's because Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the blind, recovering a sight to them that are blind, and to set 
at liberty them that are oppressed. That's what the graves were about. That Jesus wasn't just about showing his power to say, hey, the earth shook, but that's all it was about. But Jesus demonstrated his power so that you today could get out of your grave. That you today have the ability to get out of that grave. We sang it earlier on the little video we played with my family. I was buried in my tomb. I was in a tomb. But that day I ran out of my grave. Why? Because love moved first. The cross of Calvary moved first. Love moved first. When I could not get to him, he came to me. Love moved first. And that day, that Sunday morning, when Jesus got out of his grave, it gave you and I the ability to get out of our grave. Today. But here's the problem. He said, well, I'm not in the grave. I'm in my house. It feels like a grave right now. I mean, my goodness. Walls are closing in. I mean, if I have to look at my husband or my wife another day, I'm going to need more Jesus than I've ever had in my life. Kids, I mean, woo. Some of y'all are in apartments. You don't even have anywhere to go. Everyone just go to a corner. I mean, You've never realized hanging out in your garage for hours at a time could be so therapeutic. I mean, go to the basement, go to the garage, walk outside, smell the grass, clip the grass. I mean, some of you are so bored you're cutting grass with scissors. I mean, that's where we've gotten to. But here's the point, this, is that we, you say, well, I'm not in a grave. Yes, you are. You may not be in a physical grave today, but you're in a grave of fear. You're in a grave of worry. You're in a grave of doubt. You're in a grave of hurt. You're in a grave of shame. You're in a grave of unforgiveness. You're in a grave of brokenness. You're in a grave of not knowing what tomorrow holds. You're in a grave of just being paralyzed by by fear. You panic attacks, whatever. That's the kind of grave you're in today. Yeah, you're right. You're not in a normal grave, but you feel like you're in a grave today. You feel like there's a grave that you've been in. You're, you're in a grave of your fear. You're in a grave of doubt. You're in a grave of worry. You're in a grave of shame. You're going to hurt. You're in a grave of abuse. You're in a grave today. You're in a grave today. You're in a grave. Yeah, it may not be a physical grave, but you are in a grave. But here's the problem is, is that when Jesus died on that cross, he broke open the grave. But all graves are open, but not everybody's resurrected. Everybody has an open grave today, but not everybody's taken the power of that grave and being able to get out of that grave because everybody's got, there's no, nobody keeping you down. Well, I'm not my circumstances. No, no, honey, it's not your circumstances. Well, I was born. No, you weren't born that way. Well, I've been done. This was done. No, 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 no. Those are all circumstances. Those were all the things that create your grave. But even though you have a grave, you see a grave has three sides, but it always has an opening. So you can choose today to cover that opening with your doubt, cover that opening with your fear, cover that opening with your worry, cover that opening with your shame, cover that opening with your own imaginations, your own thoughts, your own own feelings. You can cover the grave, but a grave has three sides because there's a fourth side that you control. And God said, I'll break that grave open. But all graves are open, but not everyone's resurrected. Because watch what happens. 
Acts chapter 1, verse number 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days there now. Therefore, when you've come together, they ask him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. What kind of power? Resurrecting power. What kind of power? Power over fear. Power over worry. Power over doubt. Power over unbelief. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that his cross broke open the grave, but his spirit gets me out of the grave. His cross Open the grave, but I need his spirit to get me out of my grave. Because he said, we shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Notice what happened when they got out of that grave. What was the first thing they did? They went to the city and appeared to many, telling them, hey, I'm here. This is not a hoax. Pinch me, touch me, because I'm alive. Why? Because Calvary opened the grave, but the power of the resurrection gets me out of the grave. Can I just give me two more minutes here? Can I come all this way to tell somebody this? You may feel like you're in a grave today. And you say, well, I'm not dead yet. I'm, I'm, I'm living. Yeah, you may be living because you're breathing, but you're dead inside. Or you're dead in your trespasses, in your sin. But can I tell you today, the reason why we're able to lift our hands and celebrate Easter Sunday even though we're celebrating that in our homes even though we're celebrating it separated because we're not able to be together the beauty of celebrating today is that Friday he died but Sunday morning he got up out of the grave and was resurrected so don't let the fact that the tomb was open be a place to celebrate but the tomb was open to give you and I the opportunity to get out of the grave can I just come on somebody would you just believe with me I know I can't see you I can't physically be there with you but I can feel in my spirit right now the power of the Holy Ghost reaching for somebody there are people that are watching you're watching in Maryland you're watching all over this country some of you are even watching maybe around the world and it doesn't have to be you're watching live you may be watching this recorded it doesn't matter the fact is God is trying to tell you that I've opened the grave but now if you would let my spirit help you not only have I opened the grave but I'll get you you out of the grave you don't have to let fear you don't have to let worry you don't have to let doubt you don't have to let unbelief you don't have to let shame you don't have to let hurt you don't have to let unforgiveness you don't have to let brokenness all these things that keep you in your grave can i tell you today that when jesus said it is finished he broke the grave broke open the grave but yet all graves are open but not everyone is resurrected all graves are open but everyone is resurrected. You see, being near Jesus, remember the earthquake happened around Calvary. Hanging out near Calvary gives you the opportunity for the graves to be open. But too many people hang around Jesus, but they don't experience the resurrection of Jesus. So you might be saying today, well, I know Jesus. Yeah, you're hanging around Calvary, but all you've experienced of Calvary is the fact that you were close enough to Jesus to have your grave open, but you haven't experienced him. Because not only, you see, when he became the resurrection, he not only was someone that was able to get out of the grave, but he got into me. 
That's the beauty of the resurrection is that by the fact he got out, he was able to get in. He got out of the grave to get in you and I. And so you say today, well, I, I know Jesus. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, him and I, we, we're tight. When Jesus, no, you're hanging around Calvary. But the fact you're still in the grave proves that even though you're near Calvary, you haven't experienced the power of the resurrection. Or maybe you've experienced the power of the resurrection, but you've allowed yourself by your own doing or by circumstances or by things maybe beyond your control to be put back in that grave. Can I tell you today in the Holy Ghost, God has spoken in my heart and I'm telling somebody, I know I've been a little excited, animated. You're like, my God, that guy needs to chill out. He's in his house. I, it's, I'm going to calm down. Here we go. Calm down here for a second. Listen to me. God spoke to me today because he wanted somebody to hear what I'm saying to you today. All graves are open, but not everyone's resurrected. Don't celebrate the fact that you have an open grave and miss out on the power of the resurrection. Don't celebrate the fact that said, hey, guess what? The graves are open. Woohoo! High five. Graves are open. Yay. And miss out on the power of the resurrection. Because there is something that's available to you and I today through the power of the Holy Spirit that not only opens the grave, but gets us out of the grave. Don't be satisfied with a grave existence. Don't be satisfied with hanging out in your grave. Don't be satisfied because, well, I've been in this grave for 10 years. It's okay now. You know, the problem is you go too long and what used to be a circumstance now becomes an identity. Oh, come on, tell somebody needs to hear what I just said. You go too long, all of a sudden a circumstance becomes an identity. Some of you used to call this a circumstance, now you call it an identity. It used to be a grave, now it's a home. And so the grave's open, but you don't want to leave. Because now you used to shun fear. But now you embrace it. You used to shun worry, but now it feels like a strange companion. You used to, you used to long for the days of being whole, but now you identify as broken. You, you, you used to, you used to remember the days when you didn't have any shame, if you can even remember the days you had no shame, but now you just identify yourself as one who will forever have shame, right? I was born this way. That's just the way it is. That's my lot in life. That's the cards I was dealt. But can I tell you something today? That is a lie. The graves are open. The power of the resurrection is available to you today. Would you let the power of Jesus Christ, would you let the power of the Holy Ghost Reach into your room right now. And I know it's awkward. I know it's, it may seem strange, but this is the beauty of all this because you know what? We're out of, we're, we're, we're out of the norm. We're out of our comfort bubble. So why not let God just take us all the way? Remember I said earlier, let's just strip it all down. Let's just get, let's just get raw before God. Let's just admit I'm in a grave. All right, I get it. I get it. Just just walk with me. Can you just admit today you're in a grave? Can you just be honest with 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 not with me? I don't even know if you're watching. I'm 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 so lost in Jesus right now. I can't even tell if anyone's I I don't even I have no ability to say y'all might all turn me off. But I know there's somebody right now that you've been watching because God's been drawing you. You felt the power of the Holy Ghost speak to you. And can you just admit today, you know what? I'm in a grave.
No, not a physical grave, even though some days I wish I was in a physical grave, but I'm in a grave. My grave may be labeled fear. My my grave may be labeled worry, doubt, unbelief, shame, hurt, brokenness, abuse, unforgiveness. Whatever the label of your grave is, the power of the cross broke the grave open. But it's the power of the resurrection that gets you out of the grave. Can I just tell somebody today, don't stay in your grave. There's a life that's available to you. The stone's been removed, but you've got to get up. You say, I can't do it. You're right. You can't do it. But not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Lord's talking to you, my friend. The Lord is talking to you. I'm looking right in this camera. I can't see who I'm talking to, but I'm looking at somebody. You've done everything you could for the last 45 minutes to tune me out. But every time you tune me out, my voice got louder and louder because it wasn't my voice. It was God's voice. And I'm telling you right now, would you let God get you out of your grave? Can you just right now just do this? It, it may feel weird. It's awkward, but just, just let's just do it. Let's try what happens, okay? No one's going to know if you did it, and no one's going to know if you didn't do it. So let's just pretend that you did it. Why don't you close your eyes? Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I want you to tell God, say, God, I don't want to live in this grave any longer. God, I don't want to live in this grave any longer, but I believe you've set me free from this grave. I believe that the grave has been opened. I believe the rocks have been broken. I believe that this grave can't hold me because I believe in the power of your resurrection. And God, today, I pray that your spirit would fill my heart right now that you would get me out of this grave by the power of your spirit. Come on, lift your hands right now and just begin to ask God that. Wherever you are, you're in your living room, you're in your bedroom, maybe you've slipped off to the bathroom. Maybe you're in the garage. Maybe you're in the car. Maybe you're outside. Wherever you are right now, lift your hands to the God of heaven and say, God, the God of the cross, the God of resurrection power. Oh, right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I speak into every grave of fear. I speak into every grave of doubt. I speak into every grave of worry. I speak into every grave of unbelief. I speak into every grave of shame. I speak into every grave of hurt. I speak into every grave of brokenness, and I say, come out and be resurrected by the power of the Holy Ghost. I speak life. I speak life into you. I speak life. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth out of your grave. Get out of your grave right now, today, right in your home. The power of the Holy Ghost can penetrate the four walls of your home. If you would just lift your hand and your heart to the Holy Ghost right now and let the power of His Spirit resurrect you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm not just spewing words at you right now. I'm not just trying to conjure up some kind of emotion. I can just go what I feel in the Spirit. I believe God right now is doing something in a work in somebody. Would you let God do a work in you today?
Oh, if you're near somebody right now and they're a family member and it's okay to do that, maybe you can reach over and you can just pray with them for a moment. I know it's a little awkward right now. Social distancing has put sort of a, a stigma in us and not touching one another. But, but I believe if you're in the same home, you've already been exposed to whatever you're going to be exposed to. So just take a moment, maybe pray together with your, your husband, pray together with your wife, pray together with your children, pray together with your family that's in that room with you right now. If you're watching us on a Facebook, or a watch party. Maybe you begin to call on the name of Jesus. Can we just begin to just see the power of the resurrection begin to work right now in Jesus' name? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's it. Come on, that's it. I'm about to get off here in just a moment. My, my time is over. But I want somebody, if you would, if you would just continue to seek and find Jesus, if you would continue to just say, God, don't let me stay in this grave, but today I believe in the power of the resurrection, and I believe that today is the day that I can get out of this grave, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus.